I'm sorry about that movie clip. There's a little bit more to that movie clip than her leading her to the Lord there, but that is awesome. That's part of it because, man, there's nothing we have to do but put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and believe, and he gives us the faith to live out these days, okay? And uh, a lot of times we forget how much God has done for us. I, I don't know about you, but I get this... Uh, battle of the mind going on these voices in my head telling me hey you're no good hey you can't do that hey that's not right you aren't right you know you're a sinner do you all have that going on in your head when god asks you to do something come on we're few and far between here let's go okay i know if you're human out there we do that okay but god never intended for that battle to be going on in our mind that is our sinful nature going on in our mind that keeps us from living a vibrant Christian life, okay? That's what happens when we start out in this world to start making much of him in any way that we choose, okay? When he calls us to do certain things, okay? We have back to school. Yes, we have back to school. It's going to be a great time. But I can only imagine what's going through your mind by not signing up on that back-to-school list. All right? Hey, I don't know where I'm going to work. I don't know who I'm going to work with. Does it matter? Does it really matter? What we need to be making the matter is, how can God use me? How can people see Jesus living in me? Okay? We need to make much of the gospel that, he, that has saved us. We need to make much of that, okay? Today, we're going to be in Ephesians. So if you want to turn to Ephesians this morning, we're going to be in Ephesians. We're reading a doxology here is where I'm concentrating on, but it's getting a full part of Ephesians here, okay? We're in Ephesians, and we're going to chapter 3, and we're going down here to verse uh, 20 and 21. Let me read this, and it should inspire us. It should melt your heart. It says, uh, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Okay. That's a doxology. Doxology is a fancy word for words of glory. He's praising the Lord. He's giving the Lord majesty uh, praise, okay? That's what a doxology does. But a doxology follows, usually, good theology, okay? So the theology I'm wanting you to look at is taking place in, verse, in chapter 3, in chapter 2, in chapter 1. That's what she was going to go through. With this little girl, after she prayed to ask Jesus into her heart, she goes, I want you to go through Ephesians 1 and 2 and 3 and tell me how God sees you, how God is alive in your life. What does God think about you? I'll be honest. The more I don't get my head in this book, the more the world takes over my thinking. 
I'm praising God that we're a mission-minded church. I'm praising and praying for Dwayne, Judy, and uh, you know Tim Orr as they're over there in London suffering for Jesus. No air conditioning. You can hear Dwayne whining right now, okay? But he chose it. He's honoring God with that, okay? But he's making much of Jesus. You know, when Paul made his missionary journeys, they always wondered what Paul was all about because he only had one agenda. One agenda was to make Christ large. You got to remember, this guy was so gung-ho, he was out killing Christians when he first started, okay? That's what he did. He killed them, all right? Get rid of them. That's bad theology. That's bad thinking. Lo and behold, on the way to Damascus, he had an encounter with our loving God who said, Paul, why do you persecute me? Paul, why are you against me? And it changed him. It changed him. It made him blind to the world, but it made his eyes open to the Lord. You getting where I'm going here? It changed on the inside and it reflected on the outside. <clears throat> you couldn't shut Paul up. He went and told everybody. This is about him going to Ephesus and telling these people, hey, you got a God that loves you. You got a God that's done all this work for you. Know who you are in Jesus. Don't listen to this inner thoughts anymore. Know who you are. Know the concreteness of who God made you to be. Does that sound like something that interests you today? You're going to give me a little feedback here, folks. Come on. God's great. He's got grace. That's the only reason I can walk in his presence. And he's a God of glory. And I need to give him all the glory for everything he's done in my life. I want you to look at Ephesians 1, chapter 1. We're going to start around verse 3 or 4. I'm going to go through these traits since we didn't have it on the video. We are not an accident, but we are saved because of a deliberate plan and action that God had. You believe that today? You are not an accident. We were chosen in Christ before the foundation of this world. Ephesians 1, 4. You know, you were on his mind before you were ever thought of. Before you were ever here. Blows my mind. God knew exactly who I was going to be. Wow. Another thing. You are predestined to be with him in heaven when life ends. He's got a plan. It's going to last for eternity. As long as we get this one right. We have to accept him as our Lord and Savior. We are secure in our salvation because... The Holy Spirit has been given to us as a guarantee. You know what? He placed that Holy Spirit in there for power, to live out this Christian life. He doesn't ask us to do it all by ourselves. He gives us a helper. He gives us the power to live this Christian life. Man, praise the Lord for that. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit's living in us. He says, if I go, I'm going to come and get, or I'm going to come and there's going to be a comforter come. It's going to live inside of you. You remember the day of Pentecost? How many people got saved that day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell? 3,000. Man, to have a revival break out in our country again. You know what it takes? It takes us believing in who God made us to be. Making much of him. 
knowing that he gave us the power inside of us to live this Christian life, to do the good things that we are called to do, to love one another. Here it is again. We were dead in our transgressions and sin. Hey, here's the but. But having been brought out of death to life by the amazing grace of God. That's the chapter 2 of Ephesians. Here it is again. In fact, Ephesians 2.10, we have not because we deserve it, but because God extends grace to us. We have because of Jesus' blood on the cross. We just got done singing that. We were aliens from God and grace to salvation. You know, there's nothing good Brent could have done to earn his salvation. You might think I'm a pretty good guy, but believe me not. I can't earn my salvation. My salvation was a free gift of grace. And that's what Paul is telling these people. He says, I couldn't get there on my own either. Hey, he was going around killing Christians. We need to realize each one of us is saved by grace alone and faith alone in Jesus Christ. Okay? That's it. The law is put there so we can know that we are screw-ups. You don't have to tell me twice. And like I said earlier, that battle that goes on in our mind over who we believe we are, that God can't use me because he didn't equip me that way, baloney. God has equipped you with the power of the Holy Spirit to do great and mighty things. Do you believe it? I see a few heads now, and do you believe it? I'm here to pump you up. I'm a coach here. I'm going to pump you up today. I want you to know that you are saved by the grace of God, that God has got a plan, that God wants to save this world, but he needs you to further this gospel. He needs you to be Jesus out there amongst these other people. You tell, I tell you all the time, I wear this Jesus hat, and I can't figure it out, but it's the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. I don't know how many people come up to me and go, hey, what's the deal with Jesus on your hat? I'm going, man, thank you, Jesus, for another open door. I get to be you out here in public. But I get to tell them, hey, I don't have a superhero. He is my superhero. He's the one living in me that gives me the power to live this Christian life. Guys, you want to know what? They're going, wow, I want some of that. Okay? And I get to go through the gospel with them. And sometimes they know that they're a Christian, but they're just not living a full Christian life. You know why? They've been listening to the devil too much. They've been listening to defeat too much. I don't know about you, but I haven't watched TV all week. TV doesn't do me any good. You know what? Since this COVID thing's hit, God's got me in his word a lot more. And I can tell a difference in my spirit. I can tell a difference the way I live my Christian life. Because it does make a difference. The more God gets to put good words in me, the more I get to live them out for him everywhere I go. You got that? God's equipped us to do that. He has equipped us to do that in his spirit. All right, here we go. I'm getting down to Ephesians 3 here. You're just seeing all these good things. If you got time this week, go through Ephesians 1 and 2. List out what God sees you, how he sees you. It's going to pump you up because God didn't create any junk here, okay? And you're not an accident. 
He made you to live this Christian life, and he's equipped you to live this Christian life. As impossible as that sounds, God has equipped you. Here we go. Uh, Ephesians 3.16. We're going to get right there, and I'm going to read it out of God's word right here. It says 3.16. We're going to start at verse 14. For this reason, I have bowed my knees before the Father. Okay, this is Paul praying. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his Holy Spirit, through his Spirit in the inner man. Okay? What he's saying there is he, he's equipped you to do great things. He's got this power living inside of you. It's pumping, okay? It's kind of like if I cut myself open, I'm going to bleed. But man, if you rip me open, I'm going to pour out the Holy Spirit, okay? And my mouth and my actions should give blessing of who God is, okay? They should give that out everywhere I go, okay? Here we go. So that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith and that you may be rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is breadth, length, and height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up with all the fullness of God. Man, did you get that? It's not my education that does it to me. It's about being who God made me to be trusting him as i walk daily in this life trusting him as i give my life to jesus christ that i can experience his grace i can experience his power through the way i live christian life let me give you a little example this week this week you might know me and tracy are uh, empty nesters i never thought it'd happen but man we are and that is a weird, weird feeling. I've been trying to wrap my head around that all week, but it's been a weird feeling. And, uh, man, during that wedding, it was pretty awesome. I told my wife I was going to do my daughter's ceremony, and, man, it was tough. It was tough walking her down the aisle. I can only imagine how God gives each one of us out here in this world to, uh, man, walk this walk. But, guys, get this. I had a violinist. Trey came up to me and said, hey, this violinist is searching. But this violinist came up to me as a minister at the end of this thing and goes, hey, I've never heard that put that way about marriage. And she plays at wedding venues all the time. This lady is really good. But she goes, I've never heard people praise God at a wedding ceremony. Whose idea is marriage? God's. What have we turned it into, folks? Just because we want to be socially acceptable, we got to accept all this stuff. Is that right? Is that right? No. What's God's word said? One woman and one man. They shall leave their father and mother and become one. Hey, I'm getting up in your crawl today. This world's broke. This world needs Jesus now more than ever. I got that shirt. We need Jesus. 
Do you see it? Do you see the void of them not having Jesus, not having clear thinking, not having clear thoughts of who God made you to be? Yeah, you can get off track. That train doesn't run down that track, okay? No caring how much you see that track, it ain't there. God didn't intend for us to go that way. It's one way, and that's through the power of Jesus Christ. We need Jesus, guys. We need Jesus to live this Christian life out. Here it is again. At the end of that, all that thinking, at the end of his prayer, he goes to the heights, the depths, the, the width, everything, okay? Here it is. He goes, our God is able. Can you say that with me? Our God is able. My first point today, we finally got there. That was the opening. The first point today is our God's able. Comes right out of his word. What's he able to do? Good question. He's able to use us. He's able to use you as his masterpiece any way he chooses. Not the world. The world has equipped us with ways of thinking, okay? Education's great. But you got to watch what kind of education you got, okay? What you're thinking. God's way is always best. This is God's roadmap. I can't tell you how much. God's roadmap for your future, okay? You have to make sure that God is using you the way he wants you to be used, okay? God is able. How many of y'all are grateful for a God who's able to use you? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. I see those hands. That's it. He is able. And guys, get this. He spends a great deal of time telling us how able we are. But get this. Our God is able. We can't do it on our own. Paul mentions this uh, several times, okay? Because Paul was trying to do it in his own strength before he came to Jesus, right? He thought he could keep all those laws. He thought he could do all those things. And that was going to bring him closer to God in the end. Wrong. But you realize what Paul went through? Man, I love Paul and his life he led. You know, they tried to chain him up in the prison. They just didn't chain him up to a wall. They chained him up to the guard. Why is this guy so dangerous? Because of what he was saying. This world doesn't want to hear it. This world will turn its back on you. How many of y'all have been street preaching before? Man, let me tell you, it's awesome. See the hands in the back. It's one of those things where you're going, God, I don't think anybody's really going to give me the time of day. Here's the thought. Maybe God just wants to use you in somebody else's life to show them that God's got the power to use anybody. You just need to proclaim his word. Sometimes when I street preach, guys, I just read straight out of God's word because, you know, that's the most powerful thing they can hear is just God's word coming back to them, seeing it lived out in one person and seeing it happen. You know, when Paul was in those prisons, he didn't go, oh, man, God, I can't serve you. I can't do anything, Lord. You know what he did? He's chained to the guard. He's preaching to the guard. 
God's got a plan for your life. Wow. Could that be dangerous? Yeah, it could if you start believing it, right? Do you know he's in jail? And God breaks every chain. God freed him. Opened the jail cells. Can our God do that? He's able. Able to do those things that I can't even comprehend. Able to do those big things. Guys, is your life hopeless? No. Because our God is able. I want you to get that through your head. Our God is able. That's part of this doxology here. That's part of the praise of having an awesome God that our God is. He is able to do far more and abundantly than what we could ever ask. I'm already jumping ahead here. Let me give you uh, God is able. You all know this scripture, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. He said when he was leaving, he gave us what we need to do. And he says, I give you all the power that is in heaven to proclaim the gospel. You believe that? His word says it. It's just not me preaching up here, folks. Colossians 1, 16 through 17. He says, by him all things were created, both heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whoa. Is our God able? He is. He spoke this place into being. I like that, visible and invisible. Because what do we wrestle with the most? It's those thought processes. God, you can't possibly use me like that. I say no, you want to say yes. It's a mind thing. We need to believe God is able. You got it? Here it is. God of salvation. This is my favorite verse. I've been trying to teach all the youth. Uh, Don Tavis has about got it. Every time I see that boy, I'm telling him, hey, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but who? Christ lives in me through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, if you're saved, you got the Holy Spirit living in you. you got the power to live this Christian life. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. Live by what? Faith. Can I always see it? Can I always feel it? No, it's more than a touchy-feely thing. It's knowing. It's a head knowledge. It's believing that it's there when you can't see it. It's that knowledge that you've got the power to do it. It's the faith in the Son of God that he loves me and gave himself up for me. Man, he did a mighty work on the cross, didn't he? Always asking for us to believe, live it out. One more thing on my point number three, on point number one. Here you go. God is the resurrection. He's the living one, and he's alive forever. It says that in Revelations 1.18. I was going to have you turn there, but I'm just doing it fast for you. But he's got the keys of hell, and he's got the keys to life. And he came to give you life and John 10, 10 says he come to give it more abundantly than you could ever think or imagine. Wow. Our God is able. Our God is what, guys? I didn't hear you. Our God is what? All right. You're few, but you're going to have to be loud, okay? Know that you got the right answer. Our God is able. 
Here it is, and we're going to Ephesians, second part of that little verse here. Our God is able, and then he comes out, who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to his power that works within us. Guys, he works in abundance. Oh, I've been reading the Bible a lot, like I've been telling you. Second Kings 1, I used it in youth group one night. I said, you know, Elijah, his number one move with God was he's going to call down fire. The king sent 50 men after this guy. This is the guy that's just run from Jezebel, but I think he's learning that God has got this, okay? 50 people come after him. 50 guards. They're going to bring him to the king. You know what Elijah does? He says, I'm a prophet of God. You can't touch me. Boom! Fire fell from heaven. Took out all 50 men. Did that stop the evil king? Did it stop him? No. Guys, Elijah's still in the same spot with 50 men that have been just blown away by this fire he called fire down from god god did he's protecting his prophet here's 50 more of you men king needs you wow i'm a prophet of god Boom, man fire fell again consumed all 50 of them why do i make mention of that our god's able to protect us our god's able to do whatever it takes do you know the third group that came? I can't believe the king sent another group, but he sent another group. And the other two guys have been burned up. This other guy's getting a little smarter. He goes, I know you're a prophet of God. Oh, you see the difference? I know that you're a prophet of God. I want you to come to the king. Please have respect for our lives because he knew he was a prophet of God. God's words are powerful, guys. Can you imagine the children of Israel? Man, they've been in slavery this whole time. They're following Moses. There's tons of them. They come up against the banks of the Red Sea. And they're going, all right, Moses, this is your brainiac idea to save us. What are we going to do now? Are we just going to be out here to die in the desert? What's God do? God blows their mind. He opens up the Red Sea. And they walk across, folks, on what? Dry land. How can somebody do that? God is able. God is able. Do you believe it today? Your God is able? And I love that last part of that verse. He's able to do far more abundantly than what you could ask or what you could dream or what you could think. He is able to do it for his glory. Are you guys fired up yet? Are you guys ready to take the field? Are you ready to go out there and be Jesus amongst your people? We need to. I know we're few. Hey, when Jesus was here on earth, he only had 12 followers. And one of them ran. One of them sold him out. We more than... 11 or 12 here this morning? Yes, we are. 
Who are we banking on? Our strength? No, it's God's ability, God's power that lives inside of each one of us. No matter what circumstances look like, guys, God's always got a plan. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Love the story. Told it to my kids as they grew up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were asked to bow down before a, a idol. Pressure was on. The music started playing. The invitation was given. They were supposed to do what? Bow before this statue. Statue of King Nebuchadnezzar, probably. What'd they do? They didn't bow. They went before the king. Let me remind you what they said. Hey, we're not going to bow. He goes, well, you're going to be thrown in a fiery furnace. Hey, our God, if he wants to, he can save us. But he didn't have to. We're not bowing. You know, irritated King Nebuchadnezzar. You know your faith irritates people that don't believe? You know your faith does? Yeah. Because they're waiting to see if he's real in your life. Here's the deal. They heat that thing up ten times hotter than it's ever been heated. They get these three Hebrew boys, and they get ready to throw them in the fiery furnace. The guards are dying because the thing's so hot. They throw them in there. Ah, that's the end of them. I made a good example of them. My Bible says there was four in that fiery furnace. The fourth was the Son of God in that fiery furnace. They were having a party in the middle of the fire. Is our God able? Yes. He's able to do far more abundantly than I could ever ask, hope, or think, or dream. He's able to do it. And you know when they called those boys out of the fire? All three of them came out, and not one of their uh, clothes smelled like fire. I don't know if you burn anything, but I'm all the time smell like smoke when I'm around it. But they didn't when they weren't. Why? Our God's able to do things that I can't even imagine. All he's asking for me to do is have the faith and trust in him. Man, that's pretty awesome. Man, time gets away from me quick around here. Okay, last part of the verse. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ for all generations forever and ever. Did you get that part? To him be the glory in the church. You know what this church is called? It's a body of believers. You know, it's more than just Dorisville Baptist Church. Church of believers. You know, Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians to help them know that the Jew and the Gentile can live together because they are all a part of the adopted family. God does the impossible. He saves the Jew and he saves the Gentile. Wow. Do you know, man, I can't turn on TV and talk about this or not, but the Democratic and Republic Party, how far apart they are? Do you know that? You know that was about the Jews and the Gentiles back then? They couldn't get along either. But what one thing drew them together was God. God's love. 
Can he do the impossible? Yeah. Can he send revival to America? Yeah. How bad do you want it? You want to sit on your knees? You're willing to tell God that he is able? You're willing to give whatever God asks of you to do, even though it doesn't sound like it's going to work? Yeah. Because our God's able. And you know what? Our purpose on earth isn't to make much of ourselves. Our purpose is to make much of God. To make much of who he is. Because he had the original plan. He had the way of getting us back to that relationship. He is the one we worship. When we do these good works, to God be the glory. That's the reason we sing these songs, folks, in the morning. To get our heart right for worship. And he needs to be number one. Dave, I might butcher this, but you're in here. I'm going to give it. J.S.B. Bach. Great composer. Great man of God. He said, hey, I'm going to do everything I can to point people back to God. And do it in a way that they realize it's him working. And he wrote this at everything he did on composing the sheet. He wrote J.J. You might say, Brent, what does that stand for? That's what I ask. Jesus Jaira, and that means Jesus help me. Wow. The great composer Bach believed in Jesus? Yeah. He wrote that at every piece, J.J. Do you know at the end of his composing, he wrote these three letters. He wrote S-D-G, so de gratin, okay? To God alone praise because he did the great work. Guys, God's not asking you to compose a masterpiece today, but he is asking you to give him credit, to know that he's able to do far more and abundantly than you could ever ask or dream. But we need to live it out day by day. Dave's going on a mission field to Jacksonville. I thank God for the days that we had with Dave, 16 years. One of the things I know about this man is he'll stand up and he'll make sure that what you sing is honoring to God. I appreciate that. Thank you, Dave. Because that's no small task in this day and age. Because more things, we are lovers of ourselves. Let's put it that way. This world teaches that. And we like to get puffed up and think it's all about us. But it needs to be all about him. My sermon today you might not have liked it. You might not have got anything out of it. But our God's able. He's waiting for you to say, hey, are you willing to throw up the white flag and surrender your life? He's bought it with a mighty price. Are you going to serve him? Will you serve him? Will you spend time in his word discovering how much he loves you? How much he's created you to do great things? Not for you but for God's glory. For God's glory alone. That's the reason we exist. That's my purpose in life. You know, I did a funeral this week. I was telling God, there's no way, God, I can fit a funeral in this week. But that's when he took me to Ephesians. He showed me these verses. He's able to do far more abundantly than we could ever ask or dream. He is able. I relied on that this week because God convicted me. A lot of times I'll say no or I'll think something that's not good. 
that our God's able. We just got to throw up the white flag of surrender and say, hey, God, you got this. Help me to walk in it. Do great and mighty things through me and in me because that's who you are. We stand today. Then, my Father, I just thank you for uh, your word. I just thank you for the people that are here today. Then, my Father, we worship an awesome God. Help us to see that. Help us to realize that. Help us to realize that you called us to do great things. Not for our benefit, but for yours. You gave us this gospel message. This gospel message is meant to be shared, lived out, so people can see it and want to know what's going on. Help us to realize we got the call, or we got the cure for what ails these people. They need Jesus, and we have it. Help us to share you everywhere we go. Help us to make you large in every way we can. Be with us as we start this back-to-school project, as our mission team's coming back, as they got some last-minute things. I just pray, Heavenly Father, that you do a great work. Be with Brother Dave as he's uh, going out on the mission field, too. And I just pray, Heavenly Father, that you allow him to, uh, man, not walk in his strength, but walk in your strength, because you are able. Thank you for all that you do. Help us to examine our lives. Help us to walk closer to you each day. Jesus, in my prayer, amen.